Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast, where every single Tuesday we interview a new guest to talk about topics to help you craft your own fit life. The title Stop Chasing Skinny comes from my own personal tagline of life begins when you stop chasing skinny. You see, I spent many years running many miles, taking many classes, and trying many diets, but none of those worked. So finally, I got down to the business of understanding what really matters. And it's not just about how much exercise you can do or how little you can eat. It's everything else that goes into it. So I created this podcast to help you so you can craft your own fit life. Every single Tuesday, you can listen to an interview with a guest. And now every Friday, you can listen to me a second time where I take questions you have sent to me and I spend about 15 minutes answering them. You can even feed your brain this nourishing brain food by listening while you're cooking, commuting, cleaning, walking the dog, or just about anything else. Because that is how we craft a fit life. So let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome to today's Stop Chasing Skinny podcast, where we have Priscilla Medina. So Priscilla and I have worked together off and on for over the years, and we met right here in Charleston. Priscilla is a athletic trainer. She has an extensive background, and so I was very fortunate to have her working with me behind the scenes a little bit. So since that time, Priscilla has moved back to Florida, where she continues to work in her profession, and I ran into her the other day and thought, you know what? She would be the perfect guest for the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast where a lot of people have these questions of, well, what is the difference between a physical therapist, an athletic trainer, a personal trainer? So I thought, why not bring Priscilla on to explain this? So welcome to the show and please give an introduction of all the cool things you've been up to. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, So as you said, I am a certified and licensed athletic trainer. I went to a four-year college. I have a bachelor's in athletic training and am going to pursue a master's. I have, you know, with athletic training, our college experience is very hands-on. So I've directly worked with Division II athletic teams and AIA teams and did internships and all that fun stuff um, that has been part of my career. So it's been really exciting to delve into the career path that I've chosen. Cool. So right now um, you are working with, what is your typical population that you're working with right now? So right now I was actually recently just certified like licensed to practice in Florida. So I'm actually working as an exercise specialist in a physical therapy clinic. Um, I also work PRN. So kind of per diem as an athletic trainer working for like being recruited to work for different camps that are held in my area and to provide coverage for them. So on in a, I work in an outpatient clinic at a very large medical facility here in central Florida. Okay, so let's get into what the difference is between all of these things so that somebody could understand like who would work with you when they need to seek out somebody who is an athletic trainer, when they need to seek out a physical therapist, um, when a personal trainer will cut it, when they won't. And so, um, so let's go ahead and talk about the differences between physical therapy, athletic trainer, and a personal trainer. Yeah, this actually falls at a perfect time because March is athletic training month. So um, there has been a lot of discussion over this exact topic 
because everyone's always asking these questions. A lot of people that I've run into don't even know what athletic training is. I usually get the, oh, so you like to work out? Or do you go to the gym a lot? And it's like, well, not exactly. Um, so uh, an athletic trainer, I, we can start with that to kind of separate from there. An athletic trainer is a certified or licensed professional allied health professional who has graduated from a bachelor's or master's degree. The profession is moving towards a master's degree. So people who are in high school now, if they want to pursue athletic training in the future, they're going to have to have a master's. Um, and there is a lot of, a big scope of practice for us. So an athletic trainer is a person who meets qualifications by the board of certification. Um, they have to pass a comprehensive exam and all of that other fun stuff, but we're all, um, it's one governing board that we're under. And our duties include anything from picking up someone who fell off the field or fell down on the field or someone has low blood sugar. You know, we work in college settings, professional industrial settings, um, professional athletic settings such as professional football, MLB, all of those teams utilize athletic trainers. So we can diagnose, prevent, and rehabilitate injuries, orthopedic injuries, wound injuries, anything like that. And we also coordinate, we work very closely with you know, doctors. So let's say someone falls in the middle of a basketball game I think that they tore their rotator cuff. So from there, we would kind of make a plan of care after that. So, okay, go to your orthopedic surgeon, get an MRI, get an x-ray. And so we work as a team with other health professionals. And as soon as the orthopedic surgeon, let's say they have to do surgery, they would come back to the athletic trainer and do rehab. And I would get him to the point that he could play without pain again. Oh, that's great. So now I guess let's go ahead and compare that with um, a physical therapist. So physical therapy, that's who I usually think of when I think of rehabilitation for an injury, something like that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what a physical therapist is required to go through as far as training, just the broad overview, just to kind of give a comparison? So, and physical therapists are now required to get a PhD. So anyone who is currently enrolled in PT school is graduating with a doctorate in physical therapy. Wow. Uh, they go, yes, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, although, you know what's funny though? They can't call themselves doctors. Interesting. I, I know. They can't do that, but they have a doctorate of physical hmm. therapy. So... They go through extensive schooling and they have, you know, they have to pass their boards and all of that fun stuff that is insane. Um, they, physical therapists, don't focus, like you said, a lot on rehabilitation. Now, whether that is an orthopedic rehabilitation or like chronic back pain and neurological rehabilitation, Something that I didn't know is that physical therapists also work with patients who have lymphedema or balance issues, people who have strokes. Okay. So a lot of the neurological, um, they also take care of wound cares. So 
let's say a diabetic patient has a wound that hasn't been healing for months and is possibly going to get need to get amputated, they would go to a wound care specialist. And a lot of times that's in an outpatient physical therapy clinic. That's interesting. Wow. So now let's go ahead and then move on to a personal trainer. Okay. What's required there? I mean, and I am one, so I want to preface this by I am not hating yes. on personal trainers at all. Me either. I just want people to understand that there is a difference. I do not have a PhD. <laughs> yes. So there's a huge difference. And, and like you said, I'm totally not hating on personal trainers. I think one of the biggest points of this conversation is that there is a place and a scope of practice for each of these three different career paths. And so a personal trainer may or may not have higher education. So they may or may not have a degree in their field. They may or may not be technically required to have a certification. But a lot of the times they do some of the, the um, I guess, companies or certification um, things are like the NASM, ASM, you know, they, they have multiple different organizations that can provide a personal training certificate. So you can online courses and stuff like that that you can take. And what their specialty is, is exercise. So conditioning, strength training, technique, that is what an, a personal trainer should be focused on. And um, that's what where their expertise is. Now, like I said, you don't always have to have a certification and that's where the danger comes in sometimes is that it's not as strictly regulated as a health professional. Right. Yes. Yes. So I get a lot of questions a lot of times where people, um, they will ask me for, um, you know, can you train me? I've had X, Y, and Z injuries. Now, if they've recovered from these injuries, I know how to make modifications so as to not continue to hurt them or make it worse. Um, but if they are working through an injury, I refer them to somebody like yourself who has had that training. Um, and But I do see some some trainers where they'll just take the client on because they just need the client, um, but maybe yeah. they're not very familiar with that. So I think it's more of just like a public service announcement as far as if you find yourself in this situation, really know what you're getting into with um, with the person that you're hiring. Absolutely. I, we, I have seen patients come into the clinic that I work at saying, you know, they, they have, they're fresh out of surgery. Let's say they had surgery maybe a month ago and there's still precautions and limitations on movements that they have, but they say, Oh, well, I have a personal trainer and we've been doing X, Y, and Z. Well, that personal trainer is not in direct communication with their doctor and does may or may not know the limitations that they have on their body and could could potentially cause more harm. So, Whereas a physical therapist and athletic trainer who are in direct contact with the, the doctors and who know the precautions on different injuries will be able to say, hey, you shouldn't be doing uh, pull-ups or you shouldn't be doing a bench press right now. You can pr- further hurt your arm or, hey, you're six months off of ACL surgery. You're not ready to cut and run yet. Yeah. Uh, and a personal <laughs> trainer is not, um, they're not taught those things. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, that's not required for their certification. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I have, I've gone through, I've done lots of different trainings, certifications. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Self, um, you know, just a lot of research myself. Um, 
And and I do see this a lot, though. And I have people who end up coming to me and they say, oh, well, you know, this person told me these few things. And it's really just not um, necessarily leading them in the right direction. So yeah. um, I think a lot of this comes down to people just don't know where to ask, what to ask for, what the difference is. Um, you know, when somebody tells you they can help you, then you usually mm-hmm. take them for their word. So yeah. Um, and so- I'm one of those people, I like to see the best in everyone. So if someone's like, oh, yeah, you should be doing this. Not everyone will go and research or ask if that's really what they should be doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they kind of, oh, well, you're a person, you, you know, you, you know these things. And, and some people may be misguided or unlike you, who I know does research on everything, not everyone loves the research part as much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I, I've got this nerdy brain going on for sure. I know, you and me both. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's the fun of it, right? And to figure things out. Um, So we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to come right back. And today's show is sponsored by Memer Media Group. Memer Media Group is passionate about helping professionals in the fitness industry expand their influence and businesses beyond the confines of their local community. For the very first time in history, health, wellness, and fitness coaches can make a positive impact and earn an income from anywhere in the world. Check out Memer Media Group at memermediagroup.com. M-E-E-M-U-R Media Group. And welcome back. Okay, so now we've talked about some of the differences between the different professions, especially the level of education that is required. And you can't forget experience. So there are, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't, I'll actually just ignore any comments that think I'm hating on personal trainers, but (laughs) I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I just want to put this message out there because I see a lot of people who are calling themselves fitness experts, personal trainers, um, person, you name uh, fitness coaches who don't have the relevant experience. um, And then people who maybe have, you know, an injury or some real reason that they need to be seeing somebody with extensive background, they end up getting sucked in because a lot of the social media stuff makes it seem like these people actually know what they're talking about. So um, that's really where this is coming from. I don't hate personal trainers when I love personal trainers. I am one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, and and like you were saying that just as like almost a metaphor, I guess, I've been seeing a lot on social media lately, even let's say about my dog. So I have a dog whom I love and I see people commenting on these boards all the time about, oh, my dog has this injury or I'm noticing this. What do I do? And my first thought is, well, go to the vet. But there's thousands and thousands of comments of different people giving advice on what worked for them and what they did, which is great. But you don't always know the advice that you're getting from. And just like an animal body, our human bodies are so different and can react so differently. And, you know, let's say I come to you saying that I feel a certain way about my exercising or that I'm having a certain pain. You don't know my whole medical history. So there may be underlying aspects going on that are not addressed. And, you know, like I mentioned before, more harm could potentially be done if there's not a whole well-rounded picture. 
And so I think that's one of the dangers with social media is that, you know, you see all these coaches and experts coming out of the woodworks, but do we really know and are we really paying attention to how much education they have, how much experience they have on the topic, and how much knowledge is behind everything that they're trying to sell? And that's the key word right there is sell. Because I mean, don't, I just made a post the other day about, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I do sell fitness. So hey, buy yes. my stuff. But, um, but really, it's, you can, it's, I feel like it's gotten a little bit out of control and dangerous, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, I, that, it is honestly one of those things that scares me, because I see so many, even like friends or acquaintances that I have, you know, calling themselves coaches and, um, and fitness experts. And I, knowing them personally, know that they studied something completely opposite. And, and it's wonderful to have an interest in something. But I think you also have to be transparent about how much you actually know. You know, like, I know that I, I'm one of those people that I will not talk about something unless I feel educated on the topic. Because I don't want to give someone the wrong impression. I don't want to give them false information. And not everyone cares as much as I do about that. <laughs> and so you know, when, I, when I, you know, one of my good friends will ask me all the time, oh, hey, I found this new fitness craze. What do you feel about this? And I will give her my personal opinion. I will do my research on it and say, hey, there's no real scientific explanation for why this works. Or there is scientific explanation to show that it doesn't work. Right. Um, <laughs> or the underlying and, why it works. Like the Atkins diet. Exactly. A lot of times it's because you just cut out crap. Atkins diet yes. doesn't allow crap. You cut out crap. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> and, and you don't see, you know, the long-term effects of that. You don't see how dangerous it can be if you're doing something that's serious and you're exercising a lot. You know, there can be harmful um causes and symptoms of those actions, you know, or, you know, and so that, that scares me a little bit when I see friends and they'll ask me and I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I I tell people to just think, think about asking me before you ask me. And if you've stopped because you're like, oh, I already know what her answer is going to be. Maybe just do the research on your own. Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, and you're right though, because a lot of this stuff can be dangerous. Um, There is, there's uh, one girl in particular that I do follow on social media, um, just because I, I, I think it's interesting um, mm-hmm. that she posts so many things about all of these fat burners that she's using. And I've watched her cut weight extremely quickly. And, you know, um, I see a lot of things that could definitely be classified as disordered eating that appears in this. Mm-hmm. But you know what? She has so many thousands of followers and people just, oh my God, you're such an inspiration. Well, you know what? When her metabolism decides that it's done with the fat burners, it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, but where is she going to go? You're not going to see what happens because that's the because she can disappear. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) She can like post old photos or just come off social media in general. Yeah. And, um, and I think some people don't realize or don't want to acknowledge those things that those photos can be manipulated, that they're being paid to sell certain things, you know, like, especially I see a lot of like celebrities and stuff who do, um, promotional stuff on Instagram all the time, 
you know, and yes, certain things may work for a short period, but again, do you know the long-term effects of that? Do you know how that's going to affect your body? Do you have other existing conditions that can be um, traumatically changed by that certain thing that you decide you want to use? And that's a miracle pill, you know, and that's the thing. Everyone's looking for a miracle pill. Yeah. And there is none. You know, you know that I've personally struggled with my weight for a very long time. And and it's laziness. It's because I want a miracle pill that's not coming. And I know that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like subconsciously, I know that it's not going to work. And so I don't, you know, I, you have to put in that effort and work, but there's a lot of disordered eating that isn't acknowledged because of social media. Yeah. And, you know, you see all those pictures and, oh, the inspiration and, and it's great to be encouraged by that because I see that too. And I'm encouraged by seeing other people be successful, but you have to know the behind the scenes of that too. Yeah. That is a that is an excellent point. You have to know the behind the scenes of it because um, I actually just had a friend stay with me um, last week, and she said uh, when I told her that Stephen was was away for work, she said, "Oh, really? Does he work away a lot?" And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like three yes. weeks every month. And she goes, oh my gosh, I had no idea because in social media, it looks like you guys like wake up, roll over, look at each other, have breakfast and work out. <laughs> and that is totally not the case. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, you know, you get it from all angles. We, um, as humans have not, our brains have not evolved to be able to handle this social media and the parts that we don't see. And so our brains fill those gaps in. And that's really, that's where yeah. a lot of, um, people, especially in the fitness industry will, um, will very much uh, exploit. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's a great word. This, uh, this psychological fact we've figured out. Well, so, and I mean, I, I remember you even, um, posting stuff about what you would do for your fitness modeling and competitions and for photo shoots and all that stuff. You know, there is, you do different things and you, you, you have to change for those pictures. Right. You know, you don't, you don't eat like that every day. Right. You know, and I know that I know how you eat. I have witnessed, I have witnessed it. And I still dream about that, that avocado chocolate mousse that you made. I still, I'm like, you know what? I really have to make that. It was so good. But you know, thing you, you take care of yourself differently and you have to be committed to a certain extent. And, um, and it's not, Oh, my body looks this way every single day. Yeah. Yeah. But when that's all you post on social media, it's very easy for the people, your followers or the people that are, are witnessing it to say, oh, my gosh, I want to look like this every day and go to the ends of the earth to try and achieve that and become upset and depressed and sad when they don't. You know, and I've witnessed it myself. And that's what what pains me is that they can't see past the pictures. Right, right. That is such a, it's so well said. You can't see past the pictures. And I have to say too, on the um, flip side of it, as being a fitness professional on the internet, in the social media game, people buy your fitness images at the same time. Yeah. So I, there have been so many times where I'm like, man, am I doing more harm than I am good? Um, you know, should I pack it up? Like, I don't know how else to, to get people to, you know, recognize 
what I what I sell, what I buy, the actual like, um, you know, movement that I am trying yeah. to inspire. Well, one of the things that I really respect about you and I have from day one is how honest you are about everything. You're honest about the process. You're honest about your your eating habits. Like nothing is hidden. You know Thank what I mean? You. you say up front, like, hey, I had a photo shoot this week and the prep for it kind of sucked. And this is really what I sucked. had to do. And it really sucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. And I remember, like, being there with you, too, when you had to go with that and seeing it, like, in person and understanding that. But that's one of the things, you know, that's one of the reasons why I loved working with you. And I still, to this day, if anyone asks me about you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have to hear this. Aww, and you have thanks. to look at her page. And, and, <laughs> and you're – because you truly, I feel um, – take take value in that and you want to know you want the people who support you to know what they're getting into you want the people who are interested in your program to understand completely what what they're getting into and the research and the time like this is your life you yeah. know and that and that's what you're selling like you said it was a, a lifestyle a movement and it's not you're not trying to sell a fad you're trying to sell a lifestyle like this is what a healthy lifestyle should and could look like well, thank you for that. I really appreciate oh, you're that. Yeah. Cuz you know, I mean, it is tough. It is like all those reasons that I just laid out. That's why it's tough. Um and then, you know, to to be bombarded by all of this other stuff that you do see out there, um, you know, it's it's very challenging. You have to be very careful with your media media intake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, we're going to take just a really quick break and we'll be right back. So, how are you liking the show? We would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating and review. Just click that review button, leave us some comments, and we appreciate all of your feedback. And welcome back. Okay, so thank you so much. That was very, very kind of you. I really appreciate it. And I have just always loved working with you. It's been amazing. Um, And everybody who gets to work with you in person in Florida is super, super lucky. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah. Because you do care so much. So let's let's get back to um, just a little bit more about how, um, what the difference is between a coach or an actual trainer, and a cheerleader. Because I feel Ooh. like, <laughs> right? So I'll just let you talk about that. Because we talked about this in person, and you had all kinds of great things to oh, say about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is, I can totally get on my soapbox with this, and I'll try to refrain a little bit. Because, uh, you know, like I told you older, earlier, this is something that I'm extremely passionate about. You know, I, um, I chose my career, and I was very fortunate to freshman year of, high, of college, find athletic training and fall desperately in love with the career and everything that it ta- entailed and the holistic approach to it. And I know that not many people find that even after they graduate college. And so I'm very appreciative. And I think because of that, I really take pride in understanding uh, what, what this field is about. And uh, so I be very careful to not take it personally when I see people claiming to be um, more than what they know, I guess is the easiest way of putting it. One of the things that I think is really great is that because of Facebook and social media, fitness has kind of come back and is the cool thing to do and has become very popular. It's like 
in vogue again. Okay, so working True. out, being a fitness professional, uh, being a personal trainer, all these things are kind of in vogue right now. And super popular, you see Fitspo stuff everywhere, whether you're on Pinterest, on Instagram, everything is basically how you can get your beach body ready, how you can do this, how you can make your butt look bigger. And I think that's really encourage, encouraging because we do have like a health issue in our country. That is a very real issue. And so it's really encouraging to see all these trans transformation posts and yada, yada, yada. But then you have the, I don't know how to put this. So like you said, I love the word that you use as like cheerleader. Like, you can be a cheerleader and be encouraging and walk alongside someone and be accountable to them. And I think everyone needs that. I think we're created to be like in community with each other. And like, that's just as humans, that's what we desire. And so I think when a group of people who have the same goals or with someone who has kind of been through a process, find someone else that has those goals and is like, Hey, I've been through this. I'm on the other side or I'm working a little bit further along than you are and I want to encourage you and I want to help you through this process. I think that's wonderful and beautiful. But the danger comes when you depend on that person so much that you don't seek professional advice. Agreed. And, and so if you seek out your, your cheerleader, like you said, you know, that person that's accountability or encouragement, um, but you're having bigger issues, there can, be, there, there can be dangerous effects of that. And so I think having a coach or a cheerleader is a great thing. And so a cheerleader may just have been through the process and wants to encourage you. A coach may know a little bit more about the, 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 the process. You know, a coach is typically like when you think of coach, you think of, um, you know, a coach on a sports team or uh, an entrepreneurial coach, you know, someone who's been through it, who's more successful and has done done their work, done their research on it, you know, and and I think that's really important to have, too. And but then, OK, is there something bigger? Are they are they providing you with care that's outside of their scope of practice? That's and I think that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And that's like obviously a medical termino terminology. But, you know, scope of practices, what have you been trained and what are you certified and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Qualified. Like what are your qualifications for this title? It's also and, known as <laughs> CYA because if you're, yeah, if you're exactly. giving advice outside of your scope of practice, you could get sued. <laughs> exactly. So me as an athletic trainer, if I say, um, hey, I think you have a brain tumor, you should have brain surgery. That is totally outside my scope of practice. And if that person decides, hey, I'm going to let Priscilla give me brain surgery <laughs> I, and they die, like I'm, I'm in jail. <laughs> like right. nothing, you know what I mean? And obviously that's a very extreme and, you know, exaggerated um, example, but that's, that's kind of where I'm going with is what is that person's scope of practice? Are they within that scope? Are they qualified to do these things legally? 
or, you know, legally is kind of a harsh word, but um, no, it's a very, it's a very real world <laughs> word. And whenever you go through any kind of personal training certification, um, they drill that into your head. And, and honestly, it makes personal trainers really afraid of talking about anything nutrition because they tell you, oh my gosh, nutrition is so far out of your scope of practice. Don't ever talk about yeah. it. Um, so, you know, if you're actually interested in the nutrition side of it, then go get another certification and in nutrition yes, exactly. and you're covered. But, exactly. um, but yeah, like I see, and, and I, I'm not going to name any multi-level marketing companies, but there are a few who they'll sit you down in their little spiel. They get you to sign up for their product. Now you can offer to your quote unquote clients a discount. You also have training accessible to your clients where um, now, but but they, they call themselves coaches. So coaches is a very loose term and yeah. it's... In that sense, totally interchangeable with cheerleader because what kind of certification process have they gone through? What kind of experience do they have other than their own? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and you know, you have to think like about the sales motivations because it is a product. Um, and I believe every single person should get paid to, do their coaching, right? Yeah, like, to provide their services. Yeah, right. absolutely. But, um, you know, it's just an interesting, um, interesting scenario, especially with social media, because if you are competent enough to put together a social media account, you can call yourself a fitness expert. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and that's, um, I think, one of the dangers of this whole um, I guess, industry, is that it's so easy to call yourself and to be whoever you want to be. And, yeah. and, you, and you can pay for your followers. You can pay for um, being promoted to the ads and stuff like that. And I, I, people, I think, aren't as aware of it as, as we like to think we are. Um, and you're like, oh, I really like this picture. Oh, she looks really good. And what, what are they doing? And um, and yeah. you're right that there, there's, there's a, there's a danger to that. Um, and I, I've seen it myself. I've been involved with certain products and in, in the nutritional aspect of it. And I'm one of those people who will not go into anything or promote anything unless I do my research and I try the product myself. And, and even then I'm hesitant to even, like, I, I don't think I could ever be successful in that type of business. <laughs> right. Because I, you know, that I'm scared of that kind of stuff. I'm scared of promoting something that I don't truly believe in. Yeah, so and I, I won't. Think, yeah, and I think too, from a a professional standpoint, I I mean, there, I do promote a specific nutritional yes. supplement, but you know, yes, I've done my research. I've been doing it since 2010. It is just a tool. I'm not even going to mention it. Exactly, it's just a tool. Exactly. And, you know, for people who are hanging their entire businesses on it, while it can provide a really nice income and some location, time, and financial freedom, um, and it's totally a business, a viable business opportunity, I feel like um, some people don't realize that that once that is their brand, that is their brand. And, you know, um, in order to yes. be highly successful in the business, a lot of times you really do have to go above and beyond and say that it's this one particular product that was the miracle pill. And, and that's what I was going to go back to. It all ties into that 
excuse me, that miracle pill aspect and mentality of um, immediate gratification. You know, I want to be skinny and I wanted to do it as quickly as possible. When you have that mentality, it's not going to work. It's not yeah. going to last. Like that's yeah. why there's diet, um, like yo-yo diets and stuff like that. That's why people fall into those traps because they're not willing to change their lifestyle and they want the let's fix it quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, I can do this in a month and I can look like that in a month. Okay, I'm in. And yeah. me too. While you may, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and while that may while it may work and you may look like that in a month, what happens when you stop? Yeah. Have, ha, has it really affected your lifestyle? Has it affected your eating habits? Has it affected your workout mentality? You know, like, like me, I have lazy butt syndrome. I love the <laughs> idea of working out and, 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 and eating well and, and all this stuff and I'll do it. But then one day it's like, well, maybe not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and as soon as you stop with that lifestyle, it changes things and it changes your body and it changes your your habits and and so i think you have to find something that you can stick with and i think that's like long-term goals right you have to look at your long long-term goals rather than the immediate immediate gratification aspect since we're kind of talking about this you so i guess maybe i'm just kind of this is just an aha moment that we're having right now um so part (laughs) of this too is that you were a college athlete and so you competed on a team and that was really built into you having that schedule having that team how do you think that that has impacted your ability to stick with a lifestyle change now that you're not in college anymore well, I wasn't a college athlete. I was an athlete up until college. Okay. Um, but then I worked close. I, I spent my entire college career around athletes and living their same schedule. Okay. Um, so, yeah, part of, my, part of my athletic training program was, you know, if basketball team had practice, I was there an hour before, during, and an hour after practice if anyone needed treated. I traveled with them. You know, I did. So I had the hours of a college athlete in college. Yeah. Um, so... As, let's see, from the age of 10 until almost 20, I was a swimmer and I played water polo and I loved it. Um, and I was in shape and I looked awesome, but I ate horribly. My goodness. I remember I played for two teams at one point and I would leave one practice, stop at McDonald's and go to my other practice. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's yeah. common. I hear that all the time, especially with yeah. with athletes because they could get away with it when they were younger between their metabolism, their sport, and they didn't learn how to, to actually fuel themselves. And so when they stopped exactly. that sport, holy wow. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. After I stopped playing water polo, that next year I gained 20 pounds um, because I didn't change my eating habits. Yeah. And so I went into my freshman year of college weighing more than I ever had. Um, And so for me, I think the only thing that kept me in any type of shape in college was the fact that I was so busy and stressed out and like getting five hours of sleep that either I didn't eat or I would eat, you know, when you're on the team, typically they feed you pretty well. Yeah. Um, And so as an athletic trainer, that was, you know, if I was traveling with the team, I would eat what the athletes ate kind of thing. And, um, so that really helped me. And because I was around athletes all, all day, that motivated me to be like, hey, I should probably go to the gym. 
And so I went through, <laughs> you know, I would, I would try and go when I could. I tried to stay active. I was a lifeguard as well. So obviously in the water all the time, having to do in-services and stuff like that um, kept me motivated and moving a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just thought about that because I, I find that a lot of people I talk to, a lot of clients I end up um, working with, they've kind of experienced that same thing. So they're kind of looking yeah. for that team uh, mentality. And I and it, just to tie this into a little bit of like the cheerleader coach looking for a group, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times too, we we gravitate towards these groups, which is not a bad thing. Yes. It's great. Um, just be careful with which group you're gravitating towards. That's my, that's yeah. my only thing. <laughs> and well, and that's something that I, I struggle with now that we're talking about it because I do not like, first of all, I was a swimmer. I hate running. Right. I cannot run. If I like literally to save my life, like if someone was chasing me, I would probably trip over my feet. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the reality. Don't let me join your zombie comp. Comp. Uh, uh, what's the word? Apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> like I would just fall. <laughs> um, so running is not my thing. Um, when I was in Charleston, what kept me fit was dancing. I was a salsa dancer. Um, and I was dancing like six days a week. And it was like you said, a team atmosphere. I was working there. I had a partner. I was working with other people and, and that's what I was doing. That wasn't enough for, you know, like looking back, that wasn't what I needed, but it was great. And it kept me relatively in shape. But, um, even now as I think about like, okay, how am I going to reach my goals? It's very difficult for me to say, I'm going to get up and go to the gym by myself. Yeah. Like I, I'm the type of person who needs to be coached. And I think it's because of growing up in that team aspect and that team atmosphere is I'm so used to someone saying, Hey, no, you're not tired enough. Go swim another lap. So <laughs> you're like, you're not, you're not breathing hard enough. Go do another one. You know, you're not giving me all your effort. You're not doing this. Uh, when I was in college, I had a workout buddy who used to do weightlifting competitions in high school. And so she and I would work, work out together. And I would remember we would, like we were doing leg press or something. And the next day I went to the, back to the gym by myself. She couldn't make it. And I literally lifted half the weight that I had lifted when I was with her. Wow. And I couldn't do it. And yeah. I was just like, that is such a, that's a, you, you see there that it's a mental game. You know, right. that's just me getting into my own head because I think that I need that coaching. And so I, like, if you have that type of mentality, it's very easy to be drawn to having that, you know, cheerleader coach, which is good. But like you said, be careful what, what team you're joining. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just be careful what team you're joining. That is <laughs> such great information or advice. So we ended up going a little longer than I had anticipated. Yeah. And our our conversation changed directions a little bit. But I love that because um, that's the very real stuff, right? That's what people, yeah. um, you know, we put in there the information about who to look for which experts to find, who can help you. And, you know, it really went into this very, um, this, this great space of, of what people really have on their minds. So thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. So absolutely, we will put any kind of contact information in the show notes. Um, and if you happen to live in Florida and you are looking for an athletic trainer, we'll put that in the show notes too. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much, Priscilla. Thank you, Stephanie. It was an honor to be part of, part of it. Oh, this is great.